you're putting off tasks, maybe you're feeling mentally or physically tired, uh, perhaps you're feeling frequently discouraged uh, by things that crop up in your busy working day, maybe actually you're just losing passion for your job, it could be that you're at the point of burnout. And that's exactly what we're going to be discussing on today's episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. One of the things about uh, being a top-level coach is that um, I think people underestimate that it is an incredibly demanding job, which generally speaking involves um, quite a lot of pressure and long working hours, uh, combined with the passion for whatever uh, niche it is that you're working within. And this undoubtedly leads to um, an increased risk of burnout. And I've, I've certainly experienced it. I mean, I've only been coaching now for five years. I've experienced it several times, uh, even as recently as um, a couple of weeks ago where I um, had some events um, that I'd, I'd planned to deliver to my existing clients and invite guests along to. And unfortunately, I ended up having to make a, a decision, you know, fairly short notice to postpone one of the events um, because I just reached a point whereby I, I, I just didn't feel I was being congruent if I delivered it because I just didn't have the time to put into planning it. Um, I didn't feel that I'd got the speakers properly organized. And I just thought that my clients just wouldn't get the value out of me not showing up and giving 100%. And I think if I'd pushed through that and delivered that um, workshop, that event which I'd intended to run, I, I undoubtedly would have ended up, um, you know, absolutely burning out. As it happens through postponing it, there was a couple of really great things which happened. The first one was I just had this enormous sense of relief and I was just glad that I'd made that decision. The second one was when I did a short video to explain my thought processes behind what was going on behind postponing that event, because I knew that my fearless crew was super excited about it. Um, they were incredibly supportive. They all said they completely understood. Some of them even said they were glad because it meant that they actually got some time out of um, out of our program as well to focus on themselves and get a bit of a, a break in before we kind of kicked on with the new season as we went into September and the autumn. And September for for, uh, for many small businesses is an incredibly um, uh, an incredibly busy time of year, and it's it's generally when you know you have a, a peaks and troughs throughout the year. And September is normally a peak for many small businesses. But what is it about coaching, um, running a coaching business that ultimately leads to stress and leads to um, the business coach or the, the, whatever niche you're in, the coach burning out. Uh, what I've discovered is that coaching is an incredibly energetic process. So when you're sat with a client for an hour, two hours at a time, 
um, helping them through whatever challenges it is that they've um, brought to that session. A lot of people look at it and go, oh, well, it's just talking, isn't it? But actually, no, there's an incredible amount uh, intellectually, like just thinking um, that's going on during that session. So the coach is um, concentrating on or focusing on their client, listening to whatever challenges they are that they're, they're being presented with. They are um, using energy to process that information, dig into their memory banks to, to work out what advice they might offer, what techniques they might use to coach the person through whatever challenge it is they're dealing with, um, and then to actually go through the coaching process. There is an awful lot of energy which is um, uh, given up, given out during that one or two hour session. And then if you multiply that by, I don't know, two sessions a day, three sessions a day, several sessions a week, there's this, um, it's like sleep debt, this energetic debt, which starts to build up if you overdo the coaching process. And you could say the same for any, any kind of industry thought like creative um, business where maybe consulting or freelancing or something like that, where you have to think about your job. It's never just that we're sat at our desk, like listening to people or talking. There's a lot more that goes into it than that. I discovered, thankfully, I discovered this quite early on in my coaching career, um, where uh, for me, it was all about you needed to be, if you weren't busy doing coaching sessions, you weren't earning any money. So I would, I would do three, two hour coaching sessions in a single day. And at the time I was, um, driving to see my clients as well. I was going to see them rather than them coming to see me. So literally I created a job for myself. I was busy from the moment I left my home to the moment I got back home doing something that was incredibly energetic and exhausting. And kind of you, you tend to, you know, um, in the early days before I kind of know what I know now, about coaching I'd used to absorb some of my like clients problems and almost make them my own um so just take take some of that stress away from them but I'd, I'd take it on now I now I don't you know their problems are their problems I'm here to help challenge them and move them forward but their problems you know I, I don't I don't take on any of their stresses thankfully so you learn to deal with um things like that sort of cropping up in coaching sessions but yeah three sessions a day like three two hour sessions a day um as well as then trying to do your emails your marketing your sales your networking and everything else that goes along with running a busy coaching practice and you know very very quickly, I, I came, uh, uh, I burnt out a couple of times. I've come very close to burnout several times since because you learn to deal with, you, you learn to cope with one aspect of your business and you resolve that. You understand how not to take on your client's problems, how to manage, how many sessions to have each day. Uh, you price that accordingly. Uh, you, you, you adapt your business. You get more efficient at marketing. Your business scales. And then you end up with a whole new set of problems that you have to deal with. So it's not like you can just deal with the problems you know, that cause burnout in the first instance, you get better at doing your job, but then that creates a whole different set of problems, which you then have, which creates burnout again, which then, so it's kind of very cyclical. It's, it's, um, there was a really great, um, uh, anecdote, which I, was a great anecdote, which I love, um, uh, telling about when I, I went cycling or when I first started, um, going out road cycling and my brother had built me this really, um, incredibly heavy stainless steel framed bike, 
It had a triple speed on it. And for those who know about cycling, that's like, it's really hard to cycle a triple speed. Um, you know, most bikes, most road bikes have something called a compact on it, which is two, uh, you know, it's double speed, not triple speed. Anyway, I'm going up this hill, like at about four miles an hour, probably would have been quicker getting off and walking. And this guy, this, and bearing in mind, I've, I've only done a dozen rides at this point. Uh, this guy in all of the Lycra, you know, goes ripping past me on this beautiful carbon bike, you know, no noise. He's just, off he goes. And I shouted up the road. I said, oh God, you're making that look easy and he shouted something back down to me which I didn't hear I was like what anyway there's a really great community around cycling so the guy waited at the top of the hill and we had like for ages obviously because it took me a while to get up there and we had this really amazing conversation uh, but I remember distinctly one thing which he said to me which was um uh, cycling never gets any easier you just go faster and I think it's the same with any business these days it, business never really seems to get any easier because you can still put in as much effort as you want to put in uh, you just get better at it you just enjoy it it just it, but and it just goes faster but energetically wise you can still burn the same amount of energy but create greater outputs you can still go faster so um you know, whilst whilst the industry that I work within, within coaching, is incredibly rewarding, and you do get sort of fueled by that, um, you have this creeping sort of energy release which happens over a, you know an, an enormous sort of period of time, and um, you know a lot of coaches kind of just so this is where I, I, it's not imposter syndrome that creeps in at this point. Um, it's possibly something slightly different. I can't think of the term for it now, but like if some people perceive congruency as um, making sure that when they go and like coach a client, they are giving it their all. They're like a hundred percent present all of the time. And not just when they're coaching clients, but also in the marketing and the sales and their networking and everything. So they're giving that all like all of the time. Imagine if a same bolt had to run at full pace and run a marathon. He'd never be able to do that. Like it, it's unsustainable. And so if you're in this for the long haul, you do just have to slow it down a little bit. If you want to have a sustainable coaching practice or consulting business or freelance business or any, any service client business for that matter. And I alluded to this in the, in the, in the introduction, there are certain um, uh, symptoms which show up first. Because like I said, the, um, the emotional trauma that you're creating for yourself when you're going all, like playing all out all of the time and where you're getting close to burnout, the emotional trauma is creeping. It just creeps up on you like sleep debt does. And then all of a sudden it hits you. But there are symptoms which show up that will highlight to you that maybe you're starting to get somewhere close to burnout and it's time to take your foot off the gas, okay? So if, for example, there are really important tasks in your business that you know you need to do and normally you would find the energy to do them, but you're putting them off, that's normally a good indication that you're, about, you're approaching burnout, there's physical signs. So if if mentally and physically you're just exhausted, you're just tired, that's normally a good sign that you're approaching burnout. If you wake up one morning and you've got a bit of a sore throat and just a bit lethargic, your bones are creaking a little bit, it's not it's probably not because you're getting old, it's probably just because you're doing too much. And it might not be like you can go out and do physical exercise and, and most of us go, ah, oh, it's because I did a 50 mile bike ride yesterday or I, I did a 10K run yesterday. We can attribute physically like, you know, but when you have something that is mentally stimulating, like coaching, for example, it's harder sometimes to attribute the tiredness and the fatigue, mental and physical, 
to that activity because it's very, um, it's just up in your mind. You're not, it's not physical. It's not hurting you as such, um, if that makes sense. The other thing as well is if you see, you look at what other people are doing and you just feel like completely discouraged. You feel like, oh God, they're doing it so much better than me and I can't do that. Or uh, you, you, maybe you put a social media post out that doesn't get the traction you wanted to and you feel like really like down about it. Um, that feeling of negativity, discouragement and feeling down, uh, again, is quite a, an obvious sign about, about the fact that you might be sort of reaching burnout. And also we go in cycles as well of like how passionate we are about the work that we're doing. And um, there are times when that passion, when it dissipates or disappears altogether, that you may be feeling like I just need to give it up. But that can also be misconstrued. It could just be a sign of um, you just don't have the energy, the same energy that you need to put into it to make it a success or as you perceive it a success. Okay. So, um, I went through this in my agency days. So where, whereby I hit burnout, was able to bounce back, hit burnout, able to bounce back. And then finally at year 12, I hit burnout and wasn't able to bounce back. And I knew that the passion had completely gone. It wasn't just locked away or hidden or covered up un, you know, underneath a rock. It was gone. Okay. So that was the time when I just had to give it up. And, and I met, that's when I made the transition into, did, did a lot of work with my life coach and did, made the transition into setting up Fearless Business as a coaching practice. And I've had times in the coaching practice in the last five years where that passion has dissipated slightly. But I now know, having experienced it with my old agency, I can see the warning signs and I'm like, right, that's the time just to switch off for a bit, to take a break, recharge my energy. If I recharge my energy and the passion is gone, then I know that that's it. But actually, every time I've burnt out in the coaching practice, I've always bounced back and I'm like, no, the passion's still there. I love what I do. So there are these symptoms, these signs which crop up, which um, tell us about uh, whether we're about to hit burnout or not. There's also, uh, you can also look at other sort of aspects of like stages of burnout as well. Um, this is not just about the symptoms. Um, it's like, whenever we start a new task, we're, um, we're incredibly excited about it. Like we put everything into it and it's like, we can put all of our, we have huge, great job satisfaction. We've got great commitment, loads of energy, loads of creativity about it. But then when we sort of, um, it's a bit like, you know, my girls have just um, returned to school, you know, for, for the autumn term. And it's kind of like the first couple of days are quite exciting going into new class. And then, and then there's the stress starts to come out and like towards the end of week one and the start of week two, when they realize that, oh no, I, I'm in this class and it's permanent for the rest of this year. Well, in fact, ad infinitum, but I think thankfully my girls are too young to realize that it's for the next 14 years. But there is this thing whereby the, the initial sort of honeymoon phase starts to dissipate. And then, and then we have this moment of realization, no, no, this thing is permanent. And the effort we need to put in to sustain that is also permanent. And so this, this starts to, the stress starts to build up at this point. Then you reach that point of where some of those symptoms starts to crop up, where that stress becomes chronic and you feel it each and every day and you can't figure out a way out of it, then you hit burnout. And then, and then there's this phase where actually you can just stay in that like constant state of burnout and not find your way out of it because you keep on trying to do the same things that you were doing before that gave you burnout in the first place. So it's like this habitual cycle which goes round and round and round that's very difficult to escape from. Um, you know, so... Um, 
the title of this episode, you know, is why most coaches experience burnout. And I hope you started to kind of get a picture of kind of, you know, the sorts of symptoms you can experience and what leads to burnout in the first place. I'm actually going to make things like super, super practical and tactical. Okay. I'm going to give you some stats and figures that will also help you to design a coaching practice that is, or a business that is sustainable um, for the long term. Okay. So that you set it up the right way in the first place so that you're not, it, well, I can't guarantee you won't get burnout from it because there'll be stuff that will crop up that will that will kind of you know add to that energetically add to that. But if we can create the right business model in the first place, that's going to make it much more sustainable and enjoyable for the long run. Okay. So one way to think about this is um, just to do a basic calculation. I'm, I, I always like to come back to numbers to kind of keep things simple. But let's say, for example, if you wanted to earn a hundred thousand pounds a year as a coach or a consultant or a freelancer, and your coaching program, your consulting gig, or the widgets you sell through your freelancing business are a thousand pounds. You divide the that number into the hundred thousand pounds, which gives you a hundred units of capacity that you need to sell in order to achieve your goal. So quite often when I do this calculation with clients and they say, well, hey, you want to make 100K, your widget's 1K, can you can you cope with 100 clients? The international sign of distress goes out. Oh, no, Robin, I couldn't possibly cope with that many clients. That's just ridiculous. I say, cool. So how many clients do you feel that you could work with and for it not to be stressful? And they might say something like 20 20 clients. Okay. And I remember in my early coaching days, it was just like all about get as many clients as you could. I did in my first year of coaching, I did 125 consultations. I did 50 speaking engagements over the course of the year. Don't forget I'm driving to all of these appointments. Like all of the time I'm doing networking meetings. I ran four big marketing events to 250 plus business owners. I did 12 local networking events. With, like I was doing all of this stuff. And is it any wonder, Hey, that I started to get burnt out towards the end of that year. I think I did, I, I enrolled something like four, one-to-one clients during that time. And I was tired, right? So I very quickly worked out the sweet spot for me was actually 20 clients. Um, you know, absolute maximum at any one time in any one of my, that I had two or three different products at that particular time, two different coaching programs, which I used to sell 20 clients, absolute maximum. Okay. And if you think about that, if you're seeing, seeing them, uh, there's only 20, 20 working days, in, in a typical month, excluding holidays and all that sort of jazz. So that's only seeing one client a day. Um, and that felt manageable from a marketing sales and fulfillment perspective. Okay. So we've got to make sure that our capacity uh, is, is hooked up quite nicely with our pricing if we're going to achieve the financial goal that we set down for ourselves in our business. Um, and that's just a very, that's just a very simple framework to work out you know, to design your coaching practice around to work out how many consulting clients you could have or how many freelancing clients you could take on. And um, I've now worked with, through Fearless Business, we've worked with 250 plus clients over the last few years since we started doing the Group Accelerator program. Um, and these numbers have, have worked pretty much for every business that we've worked with. Simple goal setting exercise, how much do you charge? Can you handle that amount of capacity? No, okay, well, what we need to then do is look at ways that we can increase uh, the price of your your widgets in order to then better meet your goals. Because actually, capacity is the thing that is going to burn you out. If you go over your capacity and have too many clients to work with, it's too energetic, that's the thing that's going to cause burnout. You actually don't get burnout from not charging enough. 
okay? And I know my thing is about pricing and making sure that you're confidently charging your worth, but if you're confidently charging your worth, you don't need to take on all of the clients. You only need to take on the clients who are the best fit, who you're gonna get the best result with, results with, and who you're gonna enjoy working with the most. Because when you enjoy working with your clients, that's when it there's no stress. It's, I, I say easy, I'm doing bunny ears, okay, here at this point. It's not easy, it's easier, it's more enjoyable, and there's less friction. And therefore, you decrease the chance of getting burnout. Listen, I hope you found this episode of the Fearless Business Podcast interesting. Um, I would love your feedback. Um, so uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to leave a review or you can drop me an email, robin at fearless.biz. If there are topics that you would love for me to talk about on this podcast, um, please do drop me an email and uh, let me know. Also, please do share this episode with um, your peers if you feel this is something that if, if you've got a colleague, a friend, a business associate, somebody you've seen at networking and they look a bit stressed, maybe they've said that they're burning out a bit just um share this episode with them because they might it might really benefit them to uh to just get a bit of um extra help and advice and um also don't forget to go and join our community if you go and search for uh, confidently charge more um on uh facebook you'll be able to find our group where we've got tons of different videos podcast interviews and things like that that we've done i've been your host robin waits fearless business coach i'm signing off now thanks very much 